Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Dresmick Wicked is lonely on the lead. He's up by four. On the outside, don't tell me again, cutting into the margin, but it's Mick Wicked four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter sweeps past on the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did some good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rocket Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rocket Ron, bit of a legend. On the outside, bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in Gold Cup and Soccer, 59. Somewhere, Penty, rocking in heaven. Rose Run Quest is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Shark start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Shark digging deep. Shark is going to dig in here and get the win here. Shark up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Gideon. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Don't touch that dial. You've got another association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and Mike. It's it's good to see we both finally showed up for work on the same day. It's about time we both showed up for work on the same day. I can't believe it. it, It's a miracle. Well, you know what? The only reason I'm here, Mike Carter, is because we have got some great guests on tap for you and the Levy Tournament winner, Tom Daly. You're going to be in the house in a few minutes. How excited are you about that? Oh, I'm looking forward to that. But listen, he told me earlier, if you don't have his check times two, he ain't coming on. So uh, listen, we might have to uh, might have to scrap him now. Uh, Tom Daly, congratulations to Tom, uh, who took down the George Morton Levy Bracket Buster Tournament that was hosted over the last six weeks. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad it's over. <laughs> Yeah, well, you had a lot of work to do, but you know what? It got a little – well, in theory, it's supposed to get easier as right. as people whittle down. I mean, you start with 64, then you're down to 32, then 16, but it just seemed like, you know, it got more competitive as it went on. And look at right to the very end where uh, Tom Daly and uh, – uh, to, to get into the actual final game had to go to an overnight Friday card against Brian Owen just to make it. I mean, crazy. A lot of drama in the in the uh, Levy tournament, but uh, congratulations to Tom Daly, uh, the first uh, different winner than John Verdags. That That's for sure. And, you know, the one key thing about I think everybody needs to know about the championship is we don't really have a format for somebody who ties in the final four. Um, normally you go to Friday, we do the matchmaker legs, everything's good. And we couldn't do that. It wasn't uh, a, a possible uh, scenario that we could do there. Uh, I had a half a thought, Mike, of saying, you know what? Let all three of, of them advance to Saturday, and it's winner take all, and we'll go from there, and we'll, you know, point totals from there. But, you know, we we decided to have some fun with it, and uh, I'm glad that uh, everybody was able to uh, get in and enjoy themselves. Well, Mike, uh, before we get to our guest, obviously we got an action-packed show, but how about the qualifiers? 
over the last couple of weeks. And then, of course, this weekend, Jimmy Freight qualifies this morning at Woodbine Mohawk Park. We're going to try to take that race live as it happens. But I'll tell you, Mike, it's, uh, it is qualifying season for some of the big names in harness racing. Yeah, it certainly is. And how about uh, our man McWicked qualifying down at Pocado? McWicked looked fantastic. There, uh, Pompado, excuse me. Yeah, qualified down at Pompado. Uh, you know, Lather Up's been qualifying here at Harris, Philadelphia, and he's looked fairly sharp. And we're going to uh, we're going to pick up uh, Jimmy Freight. How, what's the status on that, Mike? I know he's in the ninth race. Where are they at in their qualifying? They just completed their third race. Race four is on the racetrack now. Um, Emoticon Hanover, Mike, actually qualified in race two. Um, a Breeders' Crown champion from a couple of years ago, uh, qualified at 157. And then they just had Champagne Jane, Mike, who you might remember from the Breeders' Crown, was actually a Breeders' Crown elimination winner uh, last year, and uh, she was uh, not so hot this week. Uh, but it's, again, it's only qualifiers. And, you know, but I tell you, Mike, at Mohawk, they were like five wide coming to the wire. They treat these uh, qualifiers like they, uh, they are racist sometimes there. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, well, anyway, let's uh, get to the show, Mike, because we have got a couple of couple of guys. That, well, actually, yeah, one person actually has been on the show. was a little bit of a contributor, and that's our Levy Tournament champion, Tom Daly. We're going to talk to him in just a minute or so. Jeremy Smith will be joining us, Mike. It's good to have Jeremy back in the bike. He has uh, had to uh, undergo some uh, some injuries, but uh, he is back, and what a great story. Uh, we had Jeremy Smith on the show about six, seven months ago. And since then, he's won the uh, World Driving Championship and has accomplished a whole bunch of things. So uh, Jeremy Smith will be getting back in the bike shortly, and we'll talk to him here in just a few minutes. Plus, Tyler Buter, Mike. Tyler is uh, one of the Michigan guys, Mike. He's one of the Michigan guys that moved out east and has done very, very well for himself. And he just picked up his 3,000th win. We're going to talk to him. Plus, the dynamic duo of pacing for the cure, Jeff and Janine Gessick, will be joining us. So we are jam-packed. Here on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Tom Daly's in the on deck circle, and we're going to get to him after this timeout. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 1st, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, free food and beverages. Kids, you'll have a chance to meet a full of mare and a stallion. Plus, the day will include demonstrations such as a stallion collection and pregnancy checks. Plus, you can meet the fine folks from the Harness Horse Youth Foundation and Pacing for the Cure. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Twitter. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 1st at 11 a.m. Be there. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is bigger than folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit harrishoosierpark.com for more info. Welcome back to this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. Mike, uh, there's going to be a, a delay at Mohawk Park. There is a loose horse. Must have been an accident in the last qualifier. So we're going to try to take Jimmy Freight's um, qualifier 
but that might be pushed back uh, just a little bit um, for those uh, tuning in, wanting to check out the Jimmy Freight qualifier this morning. Uh, but first, we've got our man Tom Daly on the program, Mike, and Mike is going to, or excuse me, Mike is going to, Tom Daly is going to talk about uh, what he did to win that George Morton Levy tournament. I'll tell you, going through six rounds like that, it's not, it's not that easy, that's for sure. No, it's certainly unbelievable. It's a gargantuan task. And uh, let's bring in our man, Tom Daly, the winner of the 2019 George Morton Levy Tournament. Thomas, how are you, buddy? Good, Mike. And Mike, how are you guys? It's good to hear from both good. of you. Yeah, well, listen, it's been a while. It's been a while. And uh, so what have you been up to? First of all, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you're doing. I know you've been working a lot and uh, all kind of different things. And we haven't really had a chance to catch up with you. you you uh, you kind of a part time first time of Mike and Mike. You uh, you come to some of the events with us. You take pictures with us and uh, or for us and looks fantastic. By the way, some great pictures. One's hanging up on my wall here in the announcers booth. But tell us about what you've been doing. What's going on? Uh, what do you do for a living? Tell the people a little bit about yourself. Well, I my full time job. I work in uh, health insurance. I'm an advocate for. Um, people who have loved ones in uh, mental and behavioral health facilities, and I help them uh, navigate the insurance world, which is confusing and a pain. And you got to fight for these people because if you don't fight for them, nobody will. So I'm an advocate, and I love what I do, helping people get through their insurance issues. Now, Tom, let's talk to, about the tournament. It's six weeks long. It's a grind each and every week trying to make sure that you pick, you know, which horses you think are going to win or even hit the top three. And obviously there's different strategies that go into a tournament like this. What kind of strategies did you use? Well, each week I would take a look at the replays. That was probably key and a lot of uh, trip handicapping was also key. You know, Yonkers being a half-mile track, you know, I was studying speed, closing abilities, and sometimes there'd just be replays going, okay, Western Fame's in this race. I don't even need to look at it. I'm pretty sure he's going to beat these horses. And then other ones were a little more intense, especially with a lot of the horses coming from um, – Overseas, I wasn't even familiar with some of the names, and I would just print out a program and just handicap it like I would do anyway. Visiting with Tom Daly. Now, Tom, you've got a little bit of a background uh, in the sport of harness racing. Uh, you went to the Tom uh, Durkin School of Announcing, which I'll tell you what is uh, is something that I would absolutely love to go to. I know you, Rich Matei, and a few others went there. Tell us a little bit about that experience and, and what you took away from that. Well, just to be in the room with Tom Durkin and listening to his stories was amazing from triple um, calls from various triple crown races to his experience in harness racing. You know, I, I realized I could never do what you guys do or what Rich does. I don't have the capability. Um, but, like, it was just cool to be in the room with these, with everybody who's wanting to go for something as crazy as calling horse races. Like, what a passion that must be. Yeah, you know, Tom, that's, it's one of those things where, and I wish I could have taken that class. Actually, the current Buffalo Raceway announcer, uh, Wayne Teven, was in that same classroom setting. And, and it's really kind of a cool little thing that Tom Durkin put on. And, you know, uh, announcing races, I guess Mike could tell you this too, I still kind of get the butterflies, uh, you know, before each race. You, there's not a there's a, not a whole lot of work involved throughout the night, but for those two minutes, you want to be entertaining and you want to be fun. And, you know, obviously you want to be accurate. Yeah, that's very true, and it takes a great racetrack announcer not only to tell you what's going on, but to, you know, entertain you along those two minutes. And right now with a lot of the younger people coming in, it's almost, it's bringing back my interest in it. Because if I'm sitting there listening to somebody who's not entertaining me, I lose interest really quickly. Visiting with Tom Daly, uh, Levy ch uh, Tournament Champion here in 2019. Tom, let's switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about 
handicapping in general. Now, uh, I, I consider you, and, I, and I've sat with you a few times at the Meadowlands, and we've hung out a little bit, and I kind of consider you uh, like a student of the game. I mean, always willing to learn, always keeping an open mind about different angles and different ways to attack races and so forth. And, you know, and I think as a handicapper, you kind of craft yourself and your angles and your styles, you know, as you, you know, kind of advance in it. What are some of the things, uh, now we knew kind of what you looked for in the Levy tournament, but I mean, as far as looking at a race goes, if if you're going to bet some money on a race, what are some of the things that you specifically look for when you open that program page? Um, everything from class to post position, to trainer changes, to driver choices. Um, I pay a lot of attention. Say I'm handicapping the Meadowlands. You know, I do pay attention to those driver choices. Um, I do pay attention to those combos, you know, Gingra and Burke. And because I think sometimes, you know, with drivers needing to be competitive, they have to pick the best horses. Um, so that's usually my key is class, post position, driver, trainer combos would be my like top three style of handicapping. Yeah, Tom, what was it like as you progressed each, you know, throughout each week? And, you know, I'm sure that the confidence had to be swelling as you were getting closer and closer and closer. Was it one of those things where you just kept kind of telling yourself, you know, I've got to keep grinding, kind of keep pushing my way through? Or was it one of those that you said, you know what, I'm going to have fun. And if we get knocked out, we get knocked out. I had fun with it up until two weeks ago, and I'm watching, I forget what race it was. Um, It was the Friday, it was the tiebreaker round. And I'm trying to think of the, it was one of the mayor races on Friday, and the horse I picked finished in second. Um, Just gotten beat by a nose at the wire. I'm like, all right, that's it, I'm out. Like, you know... It was fun up until then, and then it got competitive for me, and then I kicked it into another gear to where I watched every single race and kept track of it myself. Yeah, yeah, some anxious moments there, no, no question about it. And uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 interesting because you know the way you actually handicap a race when you try to make money at a racetrack, uh, you know, when you're just betting off the wagering menu versus when you're playing tournaments. So I mean, it's just two totally different things and two totally different you know uh, terms of thought as far as who's your, who you're going to pick. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, tournament style versus betting style, and I'm sure it's almost the same with any sport. Like, you want to pick the horse that's going to make you win, but when you're wanting to make money, you know, betting Western fame to make money, not much money to be made there, if any. All right. Well, listen, Tom, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Congratulations on winning the 2019 uh, Levy Tournament. And uh, do you have a little bit of bad news? You know, you, you did win $250 in prize money, but, you know, Rich Matei kind of talked me into giving it to him. And, you know, he wanted to make a bet at, at the Arkansas Derby. And, you know, he thought maybe he'd invest the money and, and uh, you know, he lost it. So. Well, we won't, we, we won't talk about the time that he, up at Saratoga, knocked me out of two pick fives for like $30,000. Oh, yeah. oh, man. Oh. I still remember oh, that boy. day. We could have walked out of Saratoga with a lot of money and didn't. Um, but that's the game. Yeah, well, it's certainly. Well, here, here's the thing, Tom. And, and I tell Rich this all the time. I tell Mike Carter this all the time. And I, I tell Gar, Garnet Barnsdale this all the time. You know, when when you're a good handicapper and you're going to – you better expect a lot of near misses for good money because, you know, good handicappers like to play pick fours and pick fives. And if you're a good handicapper, there's going to be quite a few occasions where you're going to be alive for good money and you're going to suffer heartbreak. So, you know, listen, if you're going to be a handicapper, you definitely got to have some uh, thick skin. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> Tom, we appreciate it, buddy. We'll let you get back to work. All right. Hope to see you guys soon. Take care. All right. That was Tom Daly. And, uh, good man. I'll tell you, Mike, he, he is, in my opinion, one of the students of the game because he's very he's very anxious to learn, you know, different aspects of handicapping. And he's one of those guys that, you know, you sit with. And, you know, sometimes – and I'll give you a good example. I love Rich Potato Death. But, you know, Rich is one of those guys where, 
he thinks when he's in the room that he is a supreme handicapper to everybody around him. And when he loses, he, you know, he kind of gets angry. But Tom is one of those guys where he'll listen to you. He'll listen to all different pieces of advice that people may give about a race and he'll kind of put it all together and, you know, kind of craft his own little thing. Yeah, that's, you know, that is the way to do it. You know, people say all the time, well, what do we need public handicappers for? It's just to give you another varying opinion. Who knows, Mike, maybe you'll be like last night, you gave out a 15 to one shot that, uh, you know, paid pretty handsomely. So, you know, you never know when you craft a ticket and say, you know what, I'm going to throw Mike's horse in there just because and bam, look at that comes up with a 15 to one shot pays $32. Yeah, my best bet in the first race yesterday, Western Fair, Miss Narrowly. But by the way, if anybody's uh, wondering what we're talking about, we really haven't talked about it too much on the show. Mike, uh, we're doing handicapping now. Uh, you, me, and uh, mainly Garnet Barnsdale doing handicapping for uh, the Ontario Racing website. And uh, it's yep. a really good website, Mike. If, if you've gone to it, they've got tons of options I mean, to go to, I mean, it's one of those websites where you could kind of spend half a day just kind of looking around at different things. They've done a great job putting together that website, but, you know, they've asked us to do some handicapping for the Canadian tracks, uh, Western Fair in Flamborough. I know you do Redo Carleton uh, and some Western Fair as well. And, uh, you know, it's it's really been a lot of fun doing it. And, uh, you know, they've been great. I mean, they, they, you know, give them a lot of credit. They're really trying to improve their product up there. And uh, if you ever get a chance, check out their website because it's it's really a good site. Yeah, lots of great info, and the racing up there is actually pretty good. And, Mike, if you catch one price in the middle of a sequence somewhere, it's a beautiful thing because it pays big money in most cases, Uh and you only need one price. That's it, just one, and it pretty much knocks out out a majority of the tickets. So, you know, as you found out last night, uh, I think it paid, what, the pick four that that played in was, what, 2,500? is what it paid? I mean, that's incredible Uh considering there was only one price in that pick four sequence. That's all you got to do is find that one price. Well, let's get uh, let's get rolling. Let's get continuing on this program. Jeremy Smith will be joining us here in just a minute, plus Tyler Buter and the gang at Pacing for the Cure, Jeff and Janine Gessick. So much more left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. And we'll be back after this. Some beat somewhere on the outside now has driven up to take the lead, and some beat somewhere in his career debut is going to win it. Join Oshawa Canada and the Ontario Harness Horse Association for a special debut presentation on the big screen of the 2019 Eastlink Community TV documentary, Some Beach Somewhere, Horse of a Lifetime. It's Saturday, May 4th at the Mohawk Inn and Convention Centre in Milton, Ontario. Doors open at 3 p.m. The film starts at 4. Admission is $10 for adults, free for accompanied children. Expect some special guests. And all proceeds from this showing will go to equine research at the Ontario Veterinary College. Join us for a special Some Beach Somewhere Horse of a Lifetime experience May 4th. That's a new track record for a two-year-old pacing cold here at Grand River. 154-2, Some Beach Somewhere, a strong debut. For further information, follow Ushua Canada on Twitter. Canada's richest race for older pacers on a half-mile track is back. The Camelot Classic, Friday, May 31st. The scene of many great performances in recent years. Back-to-back victories by Foiled Again, State Treasurer's three-feet, Rock and Ron stunning track record win in 2018. It'll be a party on the patio of VIP infield experience. Plenty of giveaways plus an undercard featuring City of London finals and the return of Ontario Sire Stakes action for horse players. Bumped up, guaranteed pool, high fives, and fours. Something for everyone. Don't miss the Camelot Classic Friday, May 31st at the Raceway at Western Fair District. Go to CamelotClassic.com. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown Champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown Champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolf gang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. 
We're back on this edition of Host Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And Mike, as we uh, talked about uh, a little bit ago, we were waiting on Jimmy Freight's qualifier. Not sure that we're going to get that in um, live like we had intended to. Uh, the uh, medics at Woodbine Mohawk Park still tending to Bob McClure. Um, Anthony McDonald and Phil Hudon both uh, were up under their own power. Apparently, the three horses involved in the accident were all caught and walked away uh, unscathed. So some good news there. But uh, the paramedics uh, tending to Bob McClure, as soon as we have another update, hopefully uh, we'll be able to pass that along. All right. Certainly our thoughts and prayers out to Bob, and hopefully he's okay. And uh, I'll tell you what, harness racing is, uh, you know, it's fun to watch. But let's be honest, it's a, it's a dangerous game. And, you know, and these drivers, they, they make it look so easy out there and uh you know make split second decisions and and uh you know get out of holes and and all that kind of stuff but i'll tell you what it is uh it can be a dangerous game at times and, and one of the persons one of the people that certainly know how dangerous this game can be is uh jeremy smith and uh, we bring him into the program now hi jeremy how you guys doing good good we just you know we just talked about uh uh, Mike Carter giving us an update on the uh, uh, record of qualifiers at Mohawk and, and Bob McClure is still down at uh, Jeremy, obviously, you know, and it's, it's kind of a, a tough part of the business, but uh, you certainly in, endured your uh, share of injuries and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a dangerous game at times. Yes, it, it truly is. I mean, like you guys, I was just listening to you guys and you guys hit the nail on the head with everything you guys was just saying about it. Like it looks so easy at times. And then, when stuff goes wrong, it usually is a bad situation. Now, Jeremy, uh, talk to us a little bit about yourself and how you're recovering. Uh, you know, you had a neck operation uh, back in January. Kind of tell us what led to that and uh, how you're feeling. Um, I, I got in a, a pretty bad wreck. I know several guys, even the track announcer there at Soda Downs. This has been about four or five years ago, Barry Bickeroy. He said that it was one of the worst he had ever seen, and and I come out of it fine. I mean, they end up taking me to the hospital, and, and I checked out okay. Well, then it was probably, I don't know, within a month, I started waking up in the morning, and I, it just felt like I had the worst stiff neck that a guy could possibly have, and and it'd kind of come, and then it'd go away, and it, and then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, and I don't know. I had everything scheduled for there at the beginning of the meet at Dayton and about three weeks into it, I was kind of on fire. And so I thought I'm going to grit my teeth and go one more meet on my hands and knees pretty much. And, and I thank God I did because I ended up being the leading driver there. And, and, but the surgery was, it was pretty bad. I mean, it took a while to recover. You know, everybody told me when you're dealing with your neck or your back, it's, a pretty big ordeal and and I mean I, I thank God I ended up having it done with the Laser Spine Institute because all the other well the specialists that I was seeing for the last three or four years with it it was going to be at least six months so I got a second opinion and thank God I did because the guy that did me there he was great. I mean, he told me if I give him three months and followed the guidelines and rules pretty much that I would be back in three months. And knock on wood, it feels great. Visiting with Jeremy Smith, uh, leading Ohio driver. Now, Jeremy, um, you know, leading up to that surgery, and you mentioned he touched a little bit on it, um, you know, you had to uh, kind of deal with these injuries, these nagging injuries as, as you were driving it in action. And, and obviously that, like you say, I mean, you know, you, you kind of had to cowboy up and, and uh, you know, just kind of get it done out there while dealing with these uh, certain injuries. How does that, did that affect your driving at all? Uh, yes, it really does. I mean, you know, on certain nights it, it kind of bothers you more so than other nights. And and it seems like whenever something like that's going on, like I, I know it happened to me a lot, is say I'm sitting in the two hole and, and a horse kind of run up on you and, and kind of nose the helmet, like give you a little thump right on top of your helmet and and to be honest with you guys, there were several times that I thought, like, I about peed down my leg. You know, it was just the right spot, and 
And so then you're nursing it the rest of the night and just it, it's it's a tough game, man, because you don't want to come off to trainers and, and owners that you're driving for that, you know, it's really, really bothering you because this is how we make our living. And, and but yet you also feel like you don't want to do them wrong by not being able to give them 100 percent. Now, Jeremy, what's it going to be like to kind of get in the bike uh, following the surgery? Is it one of those situations where you kind of have to take it day by day, or do you think maybe you'll be a little gun shy at first and kind of, you know, kind of, kind of ease your way back into things? Well, I, I'd like to say that, you know, you'd kind of ease back into it. But I also, I, I had an injury once before. It's been seven, seven eight years ago. And, and I was out for, I don't know, around about a month and a half. And, I kind of wondered myself, like, how will this be, like, starting back? And it was one of them things. Like, once I got on the racetrack, it was just full bore, to be honest with you. I didn't really think about, you know, what was going on or anything like that. It was just kind of one of, it. I, I don't know. I'm one of them guys, I get that tunnel vision deal. It's just about, like, what's going on right then, like, when you put a horse's nose on the starting gate and, so hopefully it'll be the same way when I get to go back. I know I've been going, my son actually trained several, and so I've been going a lot here the last two or three weeks and helping him out and training a bunch and just kind of getting the marbles back in order, you know, like getting getting my game face on, I guess you would say. Visiting with driver Jeremy Smith. Jeremy, let's uh, let's kind of look ahead here in uh, 2019 and beyond, what are some of the things that you want to accomplish uh, during your driving career? Um, I win all the races I can, honestly. I mean, I know it sounds crazy to a lot of people, but I tell them one of my most favorite places to be is in that winter circle. Like, just I know how much hard work goes into these horses every day. Like, these trainers just bust their hump to – to try to put guys like me on the best horse that they can possibly have ready to go to post every night. And I just try to come through for them as much as I can. I mean, and I, I just, I love to win races guys. And I just hope to kind of keep it going. I mean, it just really hurt me bad. You know, I finally was actually getting some good horses like at the Dayton meet there and, and at Hollywood Gaming, and, and it just hurt because I knew, like, I cannot keep going with what I had going on, but yet just the timing was horrible because I set both records at that racetrack, like in purse earnings by a leading driver and also by wins, and and then next thing you know, you know, a couple of weeks later after the end of the meet, like, I was just gone for three months. So I'd really, really hope that I can – pick kind of back up where I left off and and hope to continue the success guys you know like I just I want to win races well I'll tell you what I got a feeling that there's going to be a lot in the win column by the time it's all said and done Jeremy listen we certainly appreciate you joining us buddy best of luck to you and uh, glad you're feeling better my friend okay and thank you thank you for having me on the show guys all right, that was driver Jeremy Smith. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, Mike, we talked about um, some of the dangers, you know, of the game. And, and here's, you know, Jeremy Smith, who has obviously had to endure his share of injuries after that bad spill at the uh, Sayoto a uh, year and a half, two years back. And, and uh, you know, finally now just getting the surgery to get that taken care of. But here we see the situation at Mohawk and uh, – you know, I mean, obviously, our thoughts and prayers to uh, to to all the drivers there. Any kind of update on what's going on there? No, the latest from uh, Mark McKelvey. Another ambulance has arrived um, at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Anthony McDonald got up, walked to the starter car, but is now sitting on a stretcher. Uh, Bob McClure still down. He says that the paramedics are uh, being cautious. Oh, okay. Well, you know, a lot of times too, Mike. Uh, you know, when when. You know, and you see it in basketball games, you see it in football games. A lot of times the paramedics will, you know, kind of just be cautious, you know, a lot of times. And, and uh, 
you know, and that's what you got to do. You kind of got to err on the side of caution in those things because, you know, if there's any kind of broken bones or whatever, a lot of times when you when you actually move people, uh, it could make it worse. So, you know, hopefully it's just a, a precautionary measure and uh, and things will be okay. Yeah, we're going to keep uh, keep an eye on uh, Mark McKelvey's uh, Twitter page. Uh, he's super good. Uh, he's the communications manager at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Super good about letting yeah. everybody know uh, what's going on. So it'll be uh, be interesting to uh, see what how this situation plays itself out. And uh, like I said before, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to take the Jimmy Freight qualifiers we first anticipated. Uh, but our thoughts and prayers definitely with all the guys that were involved. No question about it. Well, we've still more left on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America, Tyler Butters in the On Deck Circle. Plus, uh, we get a chance to hear from Jeff and Janine Gessick from Pacing for the Cure in our monthly Pacing for the Cure segment. You're certainly not going to want to miss that. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. Join us for the Diamond Creek Farm Open House coming up on Saturday, June 1st, starting at 11 a.m. Family-friendly activities include raffles, hayrides, free food and beverages. Kids, you'll have a chance to meet a full of mare and a stallion. Plus, the day will include demonstrations such as a stallion collection and pregnancy checks. Plus, you can meet the fine folks from the Harness Horse Youth Foundation and Pacing for the Cure. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, located in Wellsville, Pennsylvania. For more information, visit us online at diamondcreekfarm.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram and follow us on Twitter. The Diamond Creek Farm Open House, Saturday, June 1st at 11 a.m. Be there. It's been said that fortune favors the bold, and we're all in at Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Join us as we kick off the live racing season with an epic fan appreciation weekend, Friday, March 29th and Saturday, March 30th, for champion harness racing, new bets, folder promotions, free family events, live entertainment, giveaways, and more, starting at 6.30 p.m. Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino is bigger than folder, and we want you to be a part of it. Visit harrishoosierpark.com for more info. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. Okay, we're back on post time. Mike at Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Garner. And once again, if you haven't heard, there was a, a serious uh, accident, a spill in one of the qualifiers at uh, Mohawk. And Mike Carter is uh, keeping an eye on that. Bob McClure is still down. Uh, Anthony McDonald got up on his own power. The horses uh, appear to be okay. So uh, we'll uh, we got Mike Carter on it. He's kind of following the uh, the Twitter feed of Mark McKelvey. So. Uh, well, if there's anything that breaks, we'll certainly keep you up to date right here on at Post Time with Mike and Mike. Without further ado, let's bring in the newest member of the 3000 Win Club and uh, one of my old Michigan guys, Tyler Buter, joins the program. Tyler, how are you, my friend? Good, good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And uh, listen, before we get 
to talking about your 3,000th win. Let's, uh, we got to start the conversation by talking a little bit about uh, the state of Michigan. I mean, it's, it's, you know, listen, when, when uh, I was there, I, I started there in 2004 and I know you started driving it maybe a little bit after that, but uh, you know, listen, we had Hazel park, we had Northville, we had sports Creek, we had Jackson, we had Saginaw, we had all the fairs going at full steam and uh, you know, Windsor right across the way and, and Sarnia and, and all those tracks. And I mean, it's, it's kind of just a shame what, what has happened. I mean, honestly, if things were going good, we, both probably still be there. Right, yeah. It, it definitely uh it's definitely hard to move away from all your family. But uh at the same time you gotta you gotta chase where the where the best purses are and unfortunately those the uh the Michigan Michigan Avenue fell through, so yeah, yeah, it certainly did, and a shame because I know your dad and the, the Butte is one of the synonymous names of the the state of Michigan. But you know what? Listen, we moved back. We're we're both out here now. I think we're both doing well. You just picked up your yeah. three thousandth win. Tell us a little bit about how how that felt to pick up your uh, your three thousandth driving win. Uh, it was definitely definitely a thrill. Um, my mom and dad were both at the track, so that was made it even better. And uh, obviously, Amber and the kids were there. Um, you know, it's it's definitely something you look to hitting milestones like that, and uh, you're glad once you get it, because it uh, it, it kind of weighs on your mind a little bit. But uh, def- definitely glad that it's over, and uh, look for the next one. Now, Tyler, when you approach milestones like this, is it one of those where you kind of look at it and you say, okay, it's coming, and then you ignore it, or is it something that you kind of feel a little bit of pressure uh, to get? Uh, like like I said, you think about it. But uh, at the same time, uh, you just got to take one race at a time, and and uh, you can you can only worry about the horse you're driving. And I mean, we we're trying to win win as many races as we can every night. So it uh, like I say, you just got to take one race at a time. Now, Tyler, obviously uh, you've been here, there, and everywhere driving wise. Uh, how did you get into the sport of racing, and uh, you know what got you got you to where you are now? Oh yeah, def- definitely got to give all the credit to mom and dad. Um, I was born and raised on a farm and in a barn, and li- literally uh, grew up in a barn and was jogging horses as soon as I could. You know, as soon as they, as soon as I was able to, uh, started cleaning stalls, grooming horses. Um, I don't, I've probably paddocked more horses than I've driven in a lifetime. Um, going to the Michigan fairs, we load up the trailer, time to the side of the trailer. Uh, and then, then when I was old enough, I'd start warming up at the fairs. And I, I've always said, if if you can survive a warm up break at a county fair, you can drive anywhere. It, it's hectic out there. <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. And and listen, let's be quite honest. I mean, you know, driving at a fair versus driving at a pair mutual. A lot of times, you know, the the fair tracks aren't. Uh, <laughs> I don't quite know how to put it, but the, it could be adventurous. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah, a lot of a lot of green horses that, you know, they they don't know what's going on and uh, they're they're frantic and like I said, they're tied to the side of a horse trailer and you got Ferris wheels and all all different <laughs> things for them to look at it. It's it's definitely dangerous for sure. I I like driving at uh, the paramutual tracks a, a heck of a lot better. No question about it. So uh, when did you make the move out here officially from Michigan? Uh, so I think we moved out here in 2010, um, 2008 and nine, we were in Chicago. And then, uh, we had, we had our first child Haley in 2010 and moved, uh, moved out East and we've been out here nine years now. And, uh, so far it's been a good move. And you've been, you may, mainly been driving at the, the Downs of Mohegan Sun Pocono, uh, seen you had a few horses in at Chester. Now, how many, uh, horses do you guys, uh, do you guys have currently? Uh, Amber and I are training eight horses currently, um, but with with the sire stake schedules and and everything winding up, as much as I'm driving, we're uh, we're reducing our stable and we'll we'll probably be down to three or four pretty soon. Then uh, then I can concentrate a lot more on driving and you know driving some New York sire stakes and and definitely uh, focusing on Pocono, obviously being my main track, but. Uh, yeah, we we don't know we don't keep a big barn. At one time we had a, we had a bunch of horses, and I was focused more on training. But uh, 
I'm def- definitely focused more on driving right now, and we got a small barn. Any horses that uh, that we should uh, we should look out for from the Buter stable? Um, we we have a pace in Philly that's training down good. A two year old roll with Joe. She seems uh, she seems pretty nice. Uh, her name is Know Your Roll. Um, then uh, I own own a couple horses with Dad. Um, trotter by the name of 2AM another trotter rich and miserable rich and miserable just won the SOA final at Yonkers there so it, it's definitely uh, definitely good to keep partnerships with dad and you know see uh, see his horses do well also visiting with driver Tyler Buda just got his 3,000th win at the Downs of Bohegan Sun Pocono Tyler what uh Going forward, what kind of do you want to do? I mean, do you want to uh, take more of a trainer role, a trainer driver? Or do you kind of want to get more into catch driving? Because it seems like you got a pretty good equal balance of both right now. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I I feel like when you're young, you gotta you gotta catch drive as much as you can. I mean, those those days aren't gonna last forever. And uh, I really like going to the track and being down on. 10 to 14 horses and competing, you know, competing out there. It's, it's a sport and you definitely, uh, it's definitely competition out there on the track. And that, that's what I enjoy the most. Um, but at the same, at the same time, dad's taught me a lot about training horses. So when the day comes and, and, uh, I don't feel like I need to catch drive anymore or don't have the desire to, I can, I can definitely fall back on training and, and, uh, and do that. All right. Well, Tyler, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Best of luck in the future. And uh, tell uh, tell your dad, Todd, of course, talk about Todd Buter. Tell, uh, tell your dad I said hello. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. That was driver Tyler Buter. Uh, certainly a good head on his shoulders. Uh, one, as soon as he started driving and uh, training in Michigan, I knew that he was certainly going to be a very, very good trainer, driver, good horseman, very even keel. And uh, you got, in my opinion, you got to have an even keel in this business because you're going to have your share of the ups and downs. And uh, speaking of downs, Mike, uh, an update from Mohawk. Yeah, Mark McKelvey uh, just tweeting out uh, Bob McClure and Anthony McDonald both uh, going to be transported to a local hospital in um, in Milton, Ontario. So uh, Bob McClure was placed on a stretcher. It says placed on a stretcher. I don't want to make any assumptions, obviously. Uh, They want to protect uh, the head and neck. Um, And then, of course, Anthony McDonald was moved into an ambulance as well. So Bob McClure and Anthony McDonald both headed to the hospital. I I don't expect any uh, more updates before uh, the show ends, but follow our social media pages. We'll be uh, following Mark McKelvey and uh, seeing what's going on with those guys. Yeah, and you know what? And the good thing is, uh, well, I mean, this isn't a good thing, but Anthony is is uh, very, very active on social media. So I'm almost sure that uh, we're going to get an update from him if you follow him on social media very, very quickly. But, uh, well, I'll tell you what, that you know, I mean, he and Amy, what a job they've done with the stable.ca. I mean, just an unbelievable yep. uh, gargantuan task. I mean, bringing all kind of different new owners in the game through fractional ownership. And, uh, and Bob McClure, I mean, you talk about a guy that, you know, he kind of had a reputation, you know, as a B driver for a long time. And then he has really made his mark uh, over the past uh, couple of seasons that uh, on the big track at Woodbine and Mohawk, another guy that's just fun to watch out there on the bike. And boy, Mike, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully they're just airing on the, uh, you know, hopefully it's just precautionary at this point. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like you said, thoughts and prayers go out to those guys. It looks like they are going to resume qualifying um, at Woodbine Mohawk Park. Jimmy Freight is set to qualify in race number nine. That was race number four that went out. So uh, just a few more races there. Feed um, is available through uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, you can head to their website uh, at woodbinemohawkpark.com uh, for more information. All right. When we come back, we're going to hear from our good friends, Jeff and Janine Gessick. It's the Pacing for the Purist segment. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by 
by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Winback Farms welcomes three new stallions in 2019. New to New York, Boston Red Rocks, one of the 2015 Dan Patch Award for two-year-old pacing colts, and a Breeders' Crown champion. New to Pennsylvania, 34-time winner Heston Blue Chip, one of the Dan Patch Awards for three-year-old colt pacers and a Breeders' Crown champion. Also the sire of the second richest two-year-old Philly pacer of 2018, Zero Tolerance. And new to Ontario, my MVP, a proven sire of stakes winners, including Good Times Trot winner Wolfgang. For more information, go to winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Canada's richest race for older pacers on a half-mile track is back. The Camelot Classic, Friday, May 31st. The scene of many great performances in recent years. Back-to-back victories by foiled again. State Treasurer's three feet. Rock and Ron stunning track record win in 2018. It'll be a party on the patio of VIP infield experience. Plenty of giveaways plus an undercard featuring City of London finals and the return of Ontario Sire Stakes action for horse players. Bumped up, guaranteed pool, high fives, big fours. Something for everyone. Don't miss the Camelot Classic Friday, May 31st at the Raceway at Western Fair District. Go to CamelotClassic.com. back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, and right now, we are joined by the dynamic duo of Pacing for the Cure in our monthly Pacing for the Cure segment, Jeff and Janine Gessick. Guys, welcome to the program. How you doing, Mike? Hi, Mike. Thank you. Doing fantastic, guys. Hope your uh, Easter holiday was fantastic uh, coming off the long weekend. I know the weather certainly cooperated with us, but we hope the weather cooperates with us going forward because we have a lot of great stuff planned uh, at Pacing for the Cure throughout the summer. But the first thing I want to talk about, and Jeff, I'm going to throw this to you, it's the $1 per win challenge that uh, has seemed to have expanded over the past uh, couple of weeks or so. Jeff, tell us what's new with that particular program. Yeah, that's right, Mike. Well, because of a very generous woman who was in harness racing as an owner and breeder and a fan from the 70s and 80s, she decided to sponsor all female drivers, trainers, and caretakers that sign up for the challenge because she recognizes how important the women are in this business and as it's growing, and she loves what they're doing. And we, we all recognize how caregiving is a huge part of MS, you know, taking care of a person with MS, and she wanted to recognize the caretakers as well. So I thought that was awesome. And she just wants to add it to the challenge that we've had already going. It's currently going, and all they have to do is, you know, like our page, Pacing for the Cure, and post and tag their wins weekly or periodically as they get them. And that's all they have to do. What a fantastic program. Certainly gives people initiative. Janine, let's throw it to you. We've got some fantastic Pacing for the Cure tour dates uh, coming up. I know uh, Harris Philadelphia is coming up around the corner, but we'll talk more about that in a moment. But you guys have got a big uh, night coming up here towards the end of May. Yes, so um, Mike, we're so excited about this. This is our Pacing for the Cure night at the Philadelphia Phillies. And so as you know, there's a lot of excitement around the the Phillies these days with Bryce Harper signing on, and the Phillies have been off to a really great start. But this is our third year at the ballpark having our Pacing for the Cure night. So as you mentioned, it's Wednesday, May 29th. The event starts at 7.05 p.m., and it's against the Cardinals. So we always enjoy those evenings out, and um, we usually reserve um, a section, so we work with the Philadelphia Phillies to do that. And um, last year, every year, we increase our attendance. Um, So far this year, we have 65 people signed up, and we are expecting probably another 20 or so to sign up this week. Um, The exciting part about um, our nights at the Phillies, Mike, is that the Phillies give us a portion of the ticket uh, of the tickets sold in the sections that they've allocated for us. So 
Um, all we really need to do is ask our family, friends, and supporters to come out that night. And the Phillies don't increase ticket prices. It's the same price as it would be any other time for a Phillies game. But the, the real benefit for Pacing for the Cure is we get a, a portion of each ticket sold. So um, our section is filling up. It's almost sold out. It's the 200 section. I think Jeff knows Jeff, the exact location is 210? Section 210, and we have about 65 tickets sold already, and it's running out quickly. Yeah, so we want people to um, that are out there listening this week to please sign up. They can go to phillies.com forward slash pacing for the cure. Again, that's phillies.com forward slash pacing for the cure. And there's an actual splash page that the Phillies have set up for us, Mike, and it really is easy. It's like as if they are just purchasing their own tickets through the Phillies where um, they can see the seating map, they can choose their seats, and it's that simple, and pay for their tickets. So we're really excited about this. Um, this is sort of our last push um, to kind of let people know about it. So we wanted to spend some time this week kind of letting everyone know about it. And, you know, again, I think the other huge benefit is um, the Phillies are doing really well. So that also makes a fun night out. Well, certainly no question about it. You also have uh, something coming up very special on Saturday, June 1st. It's the Diamond Creek Farm Open House. Yeah, so um, we love the Diamond Creek Farm Open House, and not just because, you know, um, Carolyn is is a, a good friend and has been a long supporter since we started Pacing for the Cure. But this is, believe it or not, our fourth year at going to the Diamond Creek Farm open house in Wellsville, PA. And that's on Saturday, June 1st. The event starts at 11 a.m. and it goes to 3 p.m. What's really special about this event, Mike, is that the Diamond Creek Farm team invites the local community. So it's not just people of harness racing, but it's anyone from the local community to visit the farm so that they can learn about the breeding operation, so really the breeding side of the business. They can see all the foals that have recently been born. That's really a huge um, uh, delighter for especially the young folks. Really is a great family event. You see lots of children come out with their parents. And every year since the Diamond Creek team has hosted that event, the attendance really continues to grow. I think there may have been less than 100 the first year. Um, they probably doubled it year two, um, year two, year three. So every year they keep um, growing in attendance. They do hay rides. Um, there's lots of great food that they offer for the um, community at no cost. So Diamond Creek is the host, provides that. Um, and there's also some fun prizes that, that people can participate in. So we always enjoy being uh, out there meeting um, members of the community, and um, there's usually a lot of interest in, in what Pacing for the Cure is doing and how we're supporting people living with MS. And we've met some people out from that Wellsville, PA area who have a family member or friend diagnosed with MS. So um, it just goes to show you there's no boundaries or no limits to where MS can impact people. So um, we really enjoy that event. That's coming up on Saturday, June 1st. We'll talk more about that as we get closer. I think we're going to have Carolyn uh, Vasquez on the show coming up a week or two before that. Uh, and then Scioto Downs coming up on Saturday, July 13th. Yeah, this is our fourth year at Toyota Downs in Columbus, Ohio as well. I mean, thank you so much to the great management team of Stacey Cahill, of course, and, and Jason Roth, the race secretary who helps us so much. And the total Ohio community supports this every year. I mean, it gets bigger and bigger. We had our best year last year, and we expect it to be even better this year. We, we've had MS walks. The drivers get involved and the trainers, uh, the starting car you know, starts the walk-off. This year I, I've heard that um, they're going to have a, a new creative idea and we're, they're working on it for us, and I'm excited to hear the details, and I'll post that as soon as I know. And and also, um, but that's Saturday, July 13th, and then the, the Springhaven Lady Pacers, which were formerly called the Ohio Lady Pacers, now sponsored by Springhaven, have been very creative in fundraising for Pacing for the Cure, too. So the whole Ohio area has been very supportive of Pacing for the Cure, and I can't thank them all enough, and we're very excited to go out there again. 
Good, good stuff. Uh, guys, let's talk about some of the other events that are happening throughout the summer, and uh, I am so excited, we all are, to have you guys at our neck of the woods, Harris, Philadelphia. That's such a fun event with uh, our man Norton Shoemaker actually starting the group of uh, walkers there, and, uh, you know, it's always a great time. Always enjoy getting on that racetrack. But you guys are also going to be at Ocean Downs, and, of course, the big culmination is the annual dinner celebration at Harrisburg. And, guys, that is becoming a very popular tradition now over the last few years. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, what What we're really trying to do is thank our supporters and, and sponsors and, and recap our year so they know where, you know, the money is going and, and that we're all volunteer and that we every dollar counts and we try and take care of as many people. We, we always meet 100% of the needs for, for medical equipment and services, and we summarize that there. We have a nice meal. We have a great group of people. And then we also give to research that day uh, the, the difference of what's left that we can afford to give the research after everybody's met with the medical equipment and services because that is our priority, knowing what my dad went through with needing a scooter and to get around racetracks and big, big, you know, long traveling places, you know, to drive with a scooter. So we want to make sure that whoever needs it is not afraid to go to the Mobility Aid app. And we just re recap that at the dinner, too. So it's like a celebration of what we've accomplished last year and, and what we will accomplish into the next year, which is 2020 in this case. Guys, yeah, go ahead, Janine. I was just going to add, too, you know, the, the, the summer um, events at the track really have, um, are a lot of fun for, for multiple reasons. But I, I will say, as, as you know, you've heard me say many times, um, this charity really isn't about Jeff and I. It's about the people who really touch our lives and, you know, make us realize how special they are. Um, for sharing their stories and, and living with um, this really chronic, debilitating disease called multiple sclerosis, which, you know, people say to me all the time, it's not about someone may look at me and say, you look great, you, you know, um, they, they walk, they don't understand that, but on the inside, people are really feeling horrible, and what this disease does internally is not visible to most people, so Jeff and I understand that, and, you know, we, we you know, through the event, we're able to help provide that support, so it's not only about the fundraising, it really is about um, interacting with people who've been affected by this disease, and we hope that we bring a little bit of hope and um, brighten the day for those people that we meet along the way. Janine, before we get, let you guys go, we kind of want to preview what we're going to have on the Pacing for the Cure uh, segments, perhaps over the next couple of months, certainly over the next couple of weeks. We're going to have a very special opportunity to sit down and tape a couple of segments with Dr. Jeffrey Greenstein, and he has really been one of the focal points of doing a lot of research for this disease to try to come up with a cure for this disease. And, you know, obviously we talked off the air about, you know, how busy doctors are, how tough they are to uh, pin down. So this is certainly going to be unique. It's going to be exclusive. And we are certainly looking forward to it over the next couple of weeks and maybe even over the next month, month and a half, depending on how long the interview goes right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Yeah, and, and I will tell you, Mike, um, just to give you a little sense, Dr. Greenstein, he really is a, a special individual. I mean, most physicians you'll hear dedicate their life's work to, you know, seeing patients and caring for patients. But what makes Dr. Greenstein special is not only does he care for patients, but he has dedicated his whole life um, to when he's not seeing patients, to helping to find a cure for multiple sclerosis. And um, so currently he spends two days seeing patients and three days in his research lab in Philadelphia. And um, and we know for sure that he works the weekends too. So, but he'll probably only admit to you know a five day work week. But we know that that's really not the case. And he conducts human immunology research, which also makes him unique in that um, you know he truly believes that if we're going to get to a cure, it's going to be studying the the human blood samples um, and then identifying how you know, the autoimmune system is interacting with certain viruses that attack, you know, that all of us are potentially susceptible to and how our human um, blood and, and immune system reacts to that. So he's going to be telling us the latest about his research, which I think is really exciting, um, and sharing sort of 
you know, his his vision for where this is going and what the research is telling him. So I think the audience will really appreciate that. And most importantly, what I find exciting about this whole conversation is that a potential cure for MS could be a potential cure for other autoimmune diseases. And that's the exciting part of this. So may be able to help many people. So even though there's 2.5 million people affected by multiple sclerosis, we know that there's many more millions affected by autoimmune diseases. So um, I think the audience will really appreciate hearing his perspective. Good stuff, and we certainly can't wait for it to air here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Like I say, it we're going to tape this actually coming up in the next couple of days. So depending on the content of it and the amount of content we have, it could it could be a two-parter, it could be a three-parter. We don't know. So uh, we're certainly looking forward to it here on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Jeff and Janine, we certainly appreciate you joining us one final time. Jeff, we'll get you in here one final time. Uh, if anybody wants to donate, if anybody wants to contribute to a, certainly this worthwhile cause, tell us uh, about how they can do so. You can simply email me at jeff at tastingforthecure.org, go to the website, tastingforthecure.org, and click donate. Uh, they can call me on my cell, which is available. It's on the website, 609-354-8992. I'm, uh, I'm available 24-7, basically. So, uh, well, I, maybe I, not really 24-7. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to help as many people as I can. All right. Well, listen, if Janine, if, if his phone's ringing at 3 in the morning, don't blame me. Yeah. <laughs> guys, Not listen. Don't worry about that. Guys, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, and uh, we can't wait to hear from Dr. Greenstein uh, coming up in the next couple of Pacing for the Cure segments. Talk to you later, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a good one. The Meadowlands racing season is just heating up with large fields, bigger purses, nightly promotions, and some of the greatest restaurants in New Jersey. There are plenty of places to catch all of the exciting action. First post on Friday and Saturday nights is 715. For more information and reservations, call 201-THE-BIG-M or visit PlayMeadowlands.com. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at BetAmerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the Barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Thanks so much to all of our guests for taking time out of their busy days to join us on the program. We'll be back here next Thursday with a first post of 1030. We're going to have some special guests on next week, maybe talk a little Kentucky Derby action. See everybody next week. Good night. Oh